Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wolves. This is the post-game podcast. The Timberwolves almost did it. They held on. They were up big early, ended up losing by three in game five to the Nuggets. What happened down the stretch for the Wolves? And also, what can we hang our hat on from what was generally an impressive and gritty performance from a shorthanded Wolves team? We'll break it all down on the show. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to us by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. And uh, unfortunately, this is the end of the Timberwolves season, losing game five in Denver on Tuesday night. This is the postgame podcast. I want to break down what I saw in the game. Uh, I want to talk a lot about what happened down the stretch, what the Wolves, you know, what they struggle with that allowed Denver to pull out this this one possession win. There were also a lot of pros in this game. And, and this isn't going to be a silver lining podcast. We've done a lot of those over the past forever as a, if you've been a Timberwolves fan, that's a big part of being a Timberwolves fan, but there can still be silver linings. Like, like it's possible to not make this whole thing like, Hey, it's okay. They lost, but it's fine. It's okay to, to not be fine with them losing, but also still pull positives out of it. So we're gonna do a little bit of that today. Uh, but that's also a bigger picture conversation over the next few days and weeks as well. So anyway, a lot to get to today, though. A first big uh, thank you off the top for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. This show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at my account, which is at B Beacon. And that's with two B's, two E's, CK, Yet. All right. So the headline, of course, the Wolves lose by three to the Nuggets. They were up by as many as I think they're up by as many as 15 early in the game. Uh, first quarter. Going to make sure that that's correct. Yeah, they're up by as many as 15 early in the game. 15 early in the first quarter and mid first quarter ended up being a seven point lead at the end of the first. And then at halftime, they're actually down one to Denver. Um, but the second half was really closely contested. There were stretches of sloppy play for both teams, but in general, the Wolves really competed, and, and we all know who is missing, right? No Jaden McDaniels, no Nas Reed. Kyle Anderson did not play in this game after getting hit in the face, uh, had an eye injury, and was out, and it sounded like it was questionable whether or not he'd even play had there been a game six on Thursday. Um, so very shorthanded Timberwolves team, and also no backup point guard because Jordan McLaughlin hasn't been good in a long time. And Chris Finch took him out of the rotation. So like, this is not the Timberwolves team that we saw in October and November. And I know no team really is the same as they were at that point, but given those factors and given some of the other things the Wolves had to overcome, there was a lot to like about this performance. Um, so I, I think it's fair to, st- to say that off the top. And I don't want to just like be, be, you know, all in one direction about this again, like this isn't, the point here isn't to say like, it's okay that they lost silver lining, silver lining, silver lining. I also don't want to be super negative Nancy after this one either, because it was an impressive, impressive is maybe not the right word, but given all the factors, you're okay with, with the fight that they showed, the grittiness that they showed, the stick to if you will, that they showed. 
So I want to do this. I want to start with kind of the end of the game as we would normally do on a post-game pod because it would be easy for me to kind of wax poetic on the season, but I've got Thursday and Friday podcasts to do that. We will. Um, and, and frankly, the next several months to do that too. Um, but I want to focus on this game specifically and let's talk about late game, what happened down the stretch in this one um, because I, I think that I think that that's what we got to do on the post-game pod, right? What happened? So you look at the box score, and the first thing that stands out to me is the 16 offensive rebounds for Denver. The Wolves only had eight, but that was really a major issue late in this game. If you go to where, so the Timberwolves were down by four after Michael Porter Jr. Actually, no, let's do this. The Wolves were down one. Carlton Towns gets the and one. Uh, the Wolves are down one with just under four minutes to play. And the Wolves have a great offensive, pos- or excuse me, defensive possession. They force Nikola Jokic to miss a tough shot in the paint. The offensive rebound goes to Aaron Gordon. He kicks it out to Michael Porter Jr., who hits a three, putting the Nuggets up four. The Wolves call a timeout. They come down, miss a three on their end. Carlton Towns misses a three on the ATO, immediately following the timeout. The Nuggets get the rebound, come down. Towns blocks Jokic right in front of the rim. Again, down four, blocks Jokic in front of the rim. He gets his own rebound back and makes an outstanding pass to Aaron Gordon, who uh, makes a basket, draws the foul on Rudy Gobert. Um, I think Gobert, no, I guess he hadn't fouled out at that point. That was his fifth foul. So there's two consecutive offensive rebounds or offensive rebounds on consecutive possessions. Um, two possessions, two Nuggets offensive possessions later, the Wolves have now tied the game. Jokic misses a shot in the lane. Again, good defense by the Wolves. He gets two opportunities at the offensive rebound. On his second one, he makes it. So two consecutive offensive rebounds for Nikola Jokic. Ant forces a shot coming back the other way and misses it. And then on the other end, this is, this is when Jokic kind of Kind of pushes Rudy in the back, but Rudy goes flying, kind of, you know, flops to draw the foul, attempt to draw the offensive foul. And Jokic comes down and makes a tough shot, gets the and one as Carl Anthony Towns fouls out in the final uh, 30 seconds of the game with 28 seconds exactly on the clock. And the Wolves are now down five. So you take, I think it was five Nuggets possessions. Uh, on three of those, you have offensive rebounds. On one of them, multiple offensive rebounds. Two of them ended in and ones. One ended in a three-pointer. So defensive rebounding was a huge problem down the stretch. It's not any one player's fault. And for the game, the Wolves were only a minus seven on the glass. But they gave up 16 offensive rebounds to the Nuggets. And a couple of those, Rudy Gobert was the closest player in the vicinity. Took a little bit of contact. Could there have been foul calls um, on the one, on the Aaron Gordon rebound that led to the Michael Porter Jr. three with about four minutes to play? I thought he might have given Rudy a little bit of a shove in the back and then simply has a crazy vertical, as as Aaron Gordon does. Came down with that rebound. Um, and then kind of those big, that there was that other big rebound at the end that I mentioned that Rudy should have and probably, I don't know that he could have because he didn't, but should have gotten to. Uh, again, he's not the only one to blame, right? Carlton Towns only had 11 boards in this game. Rudy had 15. Um, Anthony Edwards had eight. Nobody else on the Wolves had more than four rebounds. In fact, the Timberwolves' entire bench combined for one rebound in this game. It was essentially three players. Nate Knight played less than a minute late in the game. But Austin Rivers, Jalen Noel, and Torian Prince combined for one rebound. Torian Prince played 22 minutes, didn't grab a single board. So the bench collectively, if you want to do it this way, played 44 minutes and grabbed one rebound. 
Nikhil Alexander-Walker had his hands full with Jamal Murray, but he played 38 minutes, had one rebound. So it was effectively Gobert and Towns against the world, and Gobert played 40 minutes. He tied for the team lead in minutes in this game and just could not get it done on the glass at the very end. The second thing would have been a couple of just kind of like execution type things. And I really, I hesitate to do this first segment before I praise Anthony Edwards. But again, we're breaking down what happened at the end. There were a couple of plays late where Anthony Edwards, this is a, a you know, an inexperienced thing. I, I think we have to point to that. The Anthony Edwards missed pull-up in the situation that led to the uh, or the uh, the missed offensive rebound from Gobert, the the I guess dive slash flop, if you will, and Jokic was being physical, but you can't sell out for a flop in that situation. Down four with thirty seconds to play, um, is that right? Down or actually only down two? Down two with thirty eight seconds left after the Jokic tip in. Ant comes down, takes a contested two pointer uh, from like straight mid range. On the left side of the floor, Jokic gets that rebound at the 35-second mark. Gobert sells out for the flop. Jokic comes down and gets the and one on the other end as Towns fouls out of the game. Gobert doesn't make it back defensively because he was busy trying to sell the foul on the glass on the other end of the floor. Um, that, that you know, I've already kind of kind of blamed Gobert for, for a bunch right there. But that shot from Ant, just not a great shot. Like, get all the way to the rim or pull up from three or get a cleaner look. Like, there's no rush there. You're down two with 30... 538 seconds left. Don't rush into a contested mid-range pull-up. Um there was shades of D'Angelo Russell and and like I get it. I know he can make that shot. He's hit tough turnarounds all game, but that particular shot was not a good one. And then a couple of possessions later after Mike Conley hits the 3, um it's now a two-point game with 20 seconds left. Shot clock's off. There's no reason to not immediately foul. if you don't get the steal on the inbound, you play the foul game, you extend the game. Ant did not foul right away. Seven seconds burn off the clock, and ultimately it ended in Rudy Gobert fouling out, committing a foul right near half court because Ant initially didn't foul. Uh, Conley couldn't catch up to foul. It was a, a, a failure on multiple players, but Ant could have fouled immediately. Actually could have fouled Jokic, who, is, who you wanted to foul, and ultimately ended up missing a free throw late in the game with two seconds left that gave the Wolves an opportunity to, to still tie at the buzzer. But Ant should have fouled Jokic right away with 19 seconds on the clock. Um, those seconds would have been valuable. Like, obviously the foul game probably plays out differently if you foul sooner. Like, maybe there's another possession in there. But when the Wolves are inbounding with 2.1 left or whatever at the very end of the game, how nice would it have been to have five seconds, six seconds, seven seconds? Because then you can maybe get two shots at it. You take a shot with four or five seconds left, you miss, you kick it back out, get one more shot at it after an offensive rebound. Um, That would have been preferable to the catch and shoot that Ant had to try and make. Um, there at the very end of the game. So defensive rebounding and allowing second chance opportunities for Denver, late game execution in general, whether that be the ant shot, the uh, the um, the lack, I guess, of fouling or, or the avoiding of fouling in the final 20 seconds was also an issue. Um, and we could extend in terms of biggest issues in the game, defensive rebounding for the entire game. Uh, we'll talk about shooting here in a minute because I want to talk about some specific players as well. Um, and yes, I do want to talk about officiating. I think it's important to cover here. So I'm going to do that too. So that'll all be next segment. And then we will do individual studs and duds. Like I said earlier, there's a plenty to, un- plenty to unpack the rest of this week uh, that we'll get to as well related to the playoffs as a whole and, and kind of putting a bow on the season um, in general. So we're going to do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is the coolest game. 
that I've played in a really long time. I've always thought I could be a great NBA GM. As it turns out, it really isn't that easy. If you've had the same thought and have fantasized about managing your own basketball franchise, go and download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for dealing with challenging personalities, hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, and more. All this is in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. You can also play on the go as you want and when you want to. We have a lockdown NBA league ongoing. You can bet it's absolutely competitive. It's playoff time. Some of the lockdown hosts, just their teams weren't in the playoffs at all. Some of us have already been knocked out. You can bet that that same competitive spirit is spilling over into the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM League as well. Lockdown Wolves listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Lockdown in the game store. Make sure to check it out. Download the game. Just visit probasketballgm.com. If you're watching on YouTube, you can scan the code in the corner of your screen, or you can look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Let's also talk about our friends over at Ibotta. Today's show is brought to us by our friends at Ibotta. Uh, watching your closet grow after purchasing all of this season's latest trends or perhaps your latest Timberwolves jersey, your hat, whatever it is that you added to your closet Timberwolves-wise. How about also watching your, watching your cash back grow with each purchase with Ibotta? You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It really is that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use your cash back to buy that flight that you've been eyeing, the game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner that you've been craving. A typical basket of groceries was over $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than at the beginning of the year due to inflation. You could earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta or even more, depending on how much you use Ibotta. Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. But with Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, too. When you start with Ibotta, that includes Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use the code Locked. Once again, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every day as we'll be back on Thursday and Friday. I want to spend a little more time in general unpacking Wolves Nuggets, what happened in the playoffs, my overall takeaways from the series. But then we'll quickly get into actual offseason mode. We will do player reviews on every player on the roster. Every rotation player we'll do a full show on. Um, and we'll spend, you know, maybe segments or a segment and a half on some of the bench guys. Uh, but like We'll look at the season. We'll look at what you know, what the outlook is, what their contract status is. What we will they be on the roster next year? And then we'll get into like larger scale stuff too. Obviously, Chris Finch evaluation, some of those things as well. So be sure to check back on Thursday and Friday and throughout the off season um, here at Lockdown Wolves. All right, continuing to put a bow on game five of Wolves Nuggets. Uh, some additional takeaways. We talked about rebounding, specifically defensive rebounding and the issues there, but also um, missed open shots. Like, like sometimes basketball boils down to that, right? It's hustle. It's 50, 50 balls. 
and it's missing open shots. And and what's rebounding? Ultimately, it's like hey, there's a lot more to it than this, but oversimplifying things, it's it's just a bunch of 50-50 balls, right? Anyone can grab a rebound. The Wolves lost those in this game. Not saying they didn't play hard. They just didn't grab those key rebounds late. Missing open shots. The Nuggets are not a phenomenal three-point shooting team, at least in terms of volume. They're not a really heavy three-point shooting team. Denver actually shot one more three-pointer than the Wolves in this game, but they made four more. Denver was 35% from three. The Wolves were 24%, eight of 33 from outside the arc. And their best players struggled from deep. Carlton Towns and Anthony Edwards combined to be one of 12 from outside the arc. Ant was 0 of 6. Conley was 1 of 4. He only made that three late when they were down by... where were they down by five? Or I guess they were, were they down five? No, they were down four late and Conley hit that three to keep the Wolves alive. Or no, I guess they were down five. He hit that late three. That was the only three-pointer he made in this game. He's one of four from outside the arc. Um, again, as a team, 24%, just too many missed open shots. And I, I hate to like really oversimplify it, but that's what this was. Like you hit a couple of those and you're in business, right? Obviously you lose by three. Um, and I'm trying to, you know, there weren't that many like wide open shots that were just simply missed. There were some tough looks. Nikhil Alexander-Walker did miss some earlier. He took a few more above the break threes than I think we've typically seen out of him. He's so good from the corners though. Um, and that's the sort of thing that the Wolves need. Uh, they need somebody who can knock down those corner threes when the ball gets gets swung there on rotation. Um, Torian Prince missed a couple open ones again too. This was an uneven series for him, I think, to put it kindly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think... Missed open shots was a, was a massive thing. Um, I want to pause on the cat conversation. I want to focus more on him um, when I get to studs and duds here in a minute because I thought he played a really good game. Oh, actually, let's let's touch on it here. Let's touch on it here. Uh, Towns on Nikola Jokic. He guarded him for the majority of this game. I thought he did a phenomenal job. Jokic was eight of twenty nine from the field. I mean, that's that's really phenomenal defense from Carl Anthony Towns. That's 27.5% for the two-time MVP consecutive, you know, back-to-back MVP, shot 28% from the field in this game. He did have a triple-double, 28, 17, and 12. The 17 rebounds are crazy. Only two turnovers. But to force Jokic to take 29 shots to get his 28 points, and he made three threes, and nine free throws. He was nine to 10 at the line in this game, but it still took him 29 shots to get 28 points. Um, so really good defense from Carl Anthony Towns. I thought he played smart, a couple ticky tack type fouls, the foul in the post, you know, in the, in the waning moments of the game when, when Jokic was basically at the elbow and Towns bodied him up like, yeah, letter of the law, it's a foul. You'd love for them to not call it in that situation. But I, I thought, I thought Towns showed a lot defensively. It was a tough cover. We talked earlier in the series about like, hey, does the stray voltage get bad for Cat when he's having to guard Jokic who really gets under people's skin? Or will it allow Towns to kind of focus in and step up? And I think we saw moments of both in this series, but ultimately I, I was totally fine with it. I thought that was probably a good move by, by head coach Chris Finch to have Towns guard Jokic. Speaking of the officiating, I, I do want to talk about this a little. Um, I want to be really clear, and I always like to do to 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 give this caveat. If you're not a regular listener to the show, I don't talk a lot about officiating. We're probably up to about I, I usually say I can count on one hand the number of times I bring it up on a post game pod. We're probably at about five to seven now because I think it, it escalated as the season wore on. Um officiating was a factor. It's not why the Wolves lost this game. 
and, and I mean that, I mean, like we can look at the, at the dumb technical for Rudy slapping the stanchion. Like, I don't understand why that's a technical and Jokic hunting the referee three quarters of the way down the court, yelling at him and waving his hands and being demonstrative that way. Isn't a technical. I don't really understand that. That's more how the rule oftentimes that's how the rules interpreted, uh, by NBA officials. Then there's also the, well, I'll leave it there. Um, that isn't great. Um, and, but the, but the thing that really got me was the free throw differential. Well, yeah, the free throw differential. So, so Anthony Edwards attempted 14 shots in the paint in this game. So in general, Ant, or overall, Ant shot 27 times from the field. Six of them were threes. He had 21 two-point attempts. Of those 21 two-point attempts, 14, by my count, were in the paint. This isn't an official count. By my count, were in the paint. He only attempted four free throws in this game. 14 paint attempts from Anthony Edwards that obviously didn't result in free throws other than I think he might have had maybe two and ones. No, I don't think he had any and ones. I think he had two times he went to the line. Uh, But anyway, 14 shot attempts in the paint, four free throws. Obviously, if you're called, if it's not an and one and you miss it and you're fouled, it doesn't count as a free throw attempt, right? So it's it's not perfect, but that's a pretty good example of how frequently he was getting to the paint and how infrequently he was getting to the charity stripe. Nikola Jokic attempted 13 shots in the paint, so one less than Ant. He had 10 free throw attempts, six more than Ant. Jamal Murray, 10 paint attempts, six free throw attempts. So four less paint attempts, but two more free throw attempts. Aaron Gordon only shot the ball in the paint five times, but he had seven free throw attempts. So you see the pattern here. Anthony Edwards once again got a miserable whistle. And I don't know what it's going to take. Like with Carl Anthony Towns when he was younger, it was like, oh, okay, when he becomes an all-star, then he'll get a whistle. He'll get a better whistle. And then it was like, well, when he becomes an all-NBA player and the Wolves make the playoffs, then he'll get some respect. Well, all three of those things have happened now. He's been a multi-time all-star, multi-time all-NBA uh, made the playoffs multiple times, but Carl Anthony Towns still gets a poor whistle on both ends of the floor. Anthony Edwards has now been an all-star. Like, fair or unfair, you can't tell me that officials don't officiate star players differently in the NBA. I don't think anyone would tell you that with a straight face besides, you know, officials themselves and, you know, the heads of officiating and all those guys. They'll They'll try and tell you that. It's not true. And we all have implicit bias, like referees have implicit bias, whether or not they try to, like you see Carl Anthony Towns and you have in your mind, it's hardwired into refs at this point. Hey, Cat commits fouls and he complains and he over complains. And so therefore it's more likely than not, he is committing this foul, right? Like you see what you want to see at some point. That's what's happening with Carl Anthony Towns. The Anthony Edwards conversation, we're about there. And it's scary because if he gets a good whistle, this guy's a 32-point-per-game scorer next year. Like, Anthony Edwards is unbelievable. And if he had gotten half the whistle that the majority of the Nuggets players got in this game, Anthony Edwards would have scored 40. 35. I mean, he finished with 29. So he scored 35. We'll say that. He was only three. He only had four free-throw attempts despite 14 paint attempts. And you know Anthony Edwards was taking contact on probably 10 of those 14 paint attempts, maybe 11 of those. And in fact, the one he got, the one that he split the free throws late in the fourth quarter, there was marginal contact. Like I didn't even think if he hadn't gotten a call there, it wouldn't have been a huge deal. But all the calls he didn't get, especially in the first half, like, man, it's it's real tough. And look, think about it this way. The Wolves actually won paint points by 18 in this game. They scored 18 more paint points than the, than the Denver Nuggets. 
but they shot 11 less free throws in this game. It's not as clean as that. There's a lot of other factors. It's not the team that scores the most of the paint isn't always the team that shoots more free throws. But if a team scores 18 more points in the paint and shoots 11 less free throws, something wasn't quite right in the officiating, uh, in the way the game was officiated. I'm not at all insinuating anything about the result or you know, like I'm just stating what doesn't line up on the stat sheet. And, uh, you know, it didn't make sense to, to the eye test either in the moment. Um, it was just, I thought at times very poorly officiated. It is not why the wolves lost. That's why I opened the show with defensive rebounding issues, missing open shots. Like you do a couple of those things. Even if I hate the Rudy technical compared to some of the stuff that isn't called on other players, other star players, Letter of the law, it can still be a technical. Even though I hate the cat foul on Jokic for foul number five when he bodied him in the post, because like you should be like, how else do you play defense there if they're initiating the contact and you're trying to be strong? What are you supposed to do? Flop, I guess, is the only alternative. I don't like that call. Letter of the law, I get why that's a foul. So it's not why the Wolves lost. That's not what I'm saying. I think again, as in in many cases with many of these discussions, both can be true. And that, that's the case here. Disappointing whistle in this game. Disappointing whistle for the Wolves and specifically for Ant and also Cat all season. One of these years, one of these years, maybe, maybe it'll change. All right, let's close the show by doing individual studs and duds. We'll do that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors over at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easiest way to buy your tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Forget planning months in advance. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. They have deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's episode is also brought to us by our friends over at Nissan and the Nissan Aria. Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The player of the week is, of course, still Anthony Edwards. The player of the playoffs for the Wolves is Anthony Edwards. We talked about his series averages, the shooting percentages being outstanding. We already talked about his game and how electric he was again in game five. 29 points, 13 to 27 from the field, uh, eight rebounds, seven assists, a couple of blocks, including a gravity-defined block. I believe it was on uh, Bruce Brown where he... It was incredible. They jumped at the same time, and Ant hung there and waited until Brown Brown tried to wait him out. On his way down, shot the ball. Ant was still up there, swatted it back over Bruce Brown. A fantastic play. A I would say an elegantly powerful and still stunningly powerful performance from Anthony Edwards once again. Um, he absolutely is delivering on both ends of the floor, delivering on duality. The combination of fierceness and elegance, beautiful but strong, is exactly how Anthony Edwards plays. It's exactly how we all feel about the 2023 Nissan Aria. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV, the all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA. 
Bet.com. All right, let's close this thing out with the last individual studs and duds of the season. It's always a bit, um, I don't know, disappointing to get to the last one of these. The season's officially over. We won't do this again. We'll do a mini version of this in the Summer League. We'll, we'll pull out Summer League studs and duds for sure. Um, in this one, though, studs, we talked a lot about Ant already. 29-8-7. Yeah, he missed all six of his threes, but he was also 13-21 of 21 on two-point attempts. Should have gotten to the line more often, as I've already talked about quite a bit. He had seven assists to only one turnover. I don't want to miss, I, I tweeted something about this in the moment, the left-handed pass when he drove left with a couple minutes to play and the Wolves were down, I think, five at the time. The left-handed, like, he slung the pass from the left side of the lane to the weak side to Dekeel Alexander-Walker, who knocked down the three. That was a thing of beauty. The next possession down, Ant gets to, the, to his left again, makes the lefty layup, fights through some contact, another no call, and the Timberwolves, I think, tied the game. I think they were down five before the three and then the layup from Ant. But the passing from Anthony Edwards in this game was so good, was so good. And as much as we didn't see enough, you know, Ant to Rudy chemistry developed during the season, I think that's one of the one of the stories of the year. Um, and we'll dive into some of those numbers and, and some examples of that here in the coming days and weeks. Ant's instincts as a passer have improved so much this season and his... Uh, understanding of timing and spacing and like where he should be going with the ball. Even if there's those momentary lapses, like the forced 20 footer uh, with 30 seconds left to play or, you know, the occasional uh, there's, there's more than the occasional force jumper from ant force three pointer. The decision-making is still so much better than it was 12 months ago. It really genuinely is. And I thought he was really good in this game. The volume or the efficiency wasn't quite there, but if he gets a couple of those calls, it absolutely would be. Um, so the way he played, was very, very good. I had no problem with how Anthony Edwards played. I thought he was fantastic. I also want to give a stud to Carl Anthony Towns, 26-11-3 in this game, plus one steal and one block. 9 of 17 shooting, just one of six outside the arc, but he was um, 8 of 11 on two-point attempts, got to the line nine times, made seven of his free throws, only missed a couple late, um, and he didn't do much early in this game. The offense improved steadily as the game wore on, and he really picked up the Wolves when Ant was first when he was off the floor in the second half, and then when the Nuggets were essentially double teaming him. Um, it wasn't quite a full like trap of every time he's got the ball, but the Nuggets were applying so much extra pressure to Edwards in the fourth quarter, and Cat did what he could to keep the Wolves not only afloat but within a possession or two of Denver at all times. Cat was a huge part of that. And I mentioned earlier, his defense on Jokic was really good. Anytime you can make Nikola Jokic attempt more field goals than he ends, than he finishes with points, more field goal attempts than he has points, that means you did something right. And Cat was really, really good defensively. Moved his feet, active hands, you know, a little handsy at times, but he always is. Like I laughed at seeing people tweet about how how Cat doesn't know what he's doing with his hands. No, of course he doesn't. That's his biggest problem is his lack of awareness with his hands on both offense and defense. Like the the play that was challenged unsuccessfully by Denver when he hooked Gordon after Gordon had hooked him first. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, Cat does the chicken wing thing. He does the elbow, the hook. I don't know, almost half the time when he drives the basketball and he gets called for it a bunch because he does it and he doesn't know he's doing it. does the same thing defensively. He's too handsy. Um, but he limited that enough to be able to stay on the floor for what, 38 minutes in this game? Yeah, 38 minutes and ultimately fouled out. But I thought the defensive effort was good. I thought his hands were active, but not too handsy. He got his hands on some balls, some deflections. Um, I was very happy with Carl Anthony Towns' performance in this game. 
Third stud for me, Nikhil Alexander Walker. No two doubt, no uh, no question about it. Um, 14 points, 5 of 11 shooting, 3 of 9 from outside the arc. Yeah, he missed some open threes, but he had a couple of really big ones. Three assists and a steal. Was a team best plus 10 in terms of plus minus. I know Jamal Murray scored 35. I know that, you know, I talked extensively about what, what was Jamal shooting, like 17% from the field and 22% from three when guarded by um, by uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker in the series coming into the game. I talked about that on the show yesterday, on Tuesday. Those numbers weren't as good in this game. Jamal Murray had 35 on just 23 shots. But he made some tough shots. It wasn't because of Alexander Walker's defense. Alexander Walker also only got called for three fouls. A couple of those were real ticky-tack towards the end of the game. Um, Alexander Walker, like when they when he was part of the trade, I even said at the time, like, hey, he's probably the 10th guy. Like, he's probably not a regular rotation piece. He didn't play in the first game after the trade. I didn't think he'd play consistently moving forward. I was like, well, hey, you got Torrey Prince. You got Kyle Anderson. Um, Jalen Noel is going to come back from injury at some point. I just didn't think at the time Jordan McLaughlin was supposed to be the backup point guard. Like I didn't think there were enough rotation minutes for now. Alexander Walker and man, he's going to get a contract this summer from someone and, and hopefully the wolves. Um, we'll talk more about that whole situation and, and the odds that he's back with the team here soon. Uh, but he played 38 minutes in an elimination game and was really good Had you know, for what it's worth, the best single game individual player plus minus on the wolves. And, um, was impressive. I thought he was really, really good defensively for the Wolves and hit a couple of big shots. And if he could just continue to improve that corner three, he's got the length, the athleticism. He plays so hard. And that was one of the first things I noticed when he came to the Wolves in mid-February was how hard he played. He gets knocked to the floor. He's up and he's not the last guy down the floor, which is not something you can say about a lot of Wolves players. Uh, the, if I don't know. I know that uh, that uh, player tracker at NBA.com tracks like Miles Rand and stuff. I don't know if they track how many, I don't think they track how many times a guy falls down per minute's on the floor, but like Nas Reed, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert have to all be in the top five in the NBA. It would not shock me one bit. Alexander Walker might be, but he gets up faster than anybody. Um, and that, it's important. Um, duds for me, I don't know. It's tough in this game. Like there were things I didn't love about a lot of guys' games, but they kind of redeemed themselves. Like, Torian Prince did not play well, had no rebounds in 22 minutes. But he had a couple good defensive plays and, and you know, hit three threes, hit a, a one real big one in the fourth quarter. He um, he also had some ill-advised drives. Like, I didn't love Torian Prince's game, but it's whatever. Like, Austin Rivers, kind of the same thing. Jalen Noel only played eight minutes, made a shot. They were a He was a minus eight, though, who was actually the second worst plus minus on the Wolves. Uh Rudy, we talked about his late game issues, but he also had some good plays. He, he converted a couple of tough alley oops, catch some, caught some lobs. Uh, Mike Conley would have loved to get more to Mike Conley in this game. He'd been so big all series in Denver. Clearly, was um, had kind of dared him to score, and that worked to the Wolves' favor the last couple of games. Conley was only two of seven in this game, with one of his two makes being that three pointer when the Wolves were down two possessions with twenty seconds to play. He finished with only seven points, but he also had nine assists and two steals. Um, so really a mixed bag. Like I thought Towns, Alexander Walker and Edwards were all really good. Everyone else on the wolves, you could argue one category or the other. Every one of them was, was a mixed bag beyond those three, uh, is probably the best way to say that. So no real duds in this game, although there was certainly, um, some things that, uh, that could have been done better slash differently with, uh, with some of the guys. All right. 
that's it for this. Uh, last post-game pod of the season. We still have two more shows this week, and I, I do want to do a bigger series kind of, I guess, review uh, probably Thursday, and then we'll start to get in some bigger picture stuff. But I've got a big off-season planned. Um, we're going to talk about, like I said earlier, like a full show and every rotation guy season review. We'll have some guests to break down different players. We'll talk about you know the in-season moves, how they panned out, moving, looking at it moving forward, contract situations for everybody. Of course, the Wolves don't have much in the way of draft capital, but uh, some second round picks. We'll do a little bit of draft talk. We'll talk free agent. Like, whole offseason, I'm doing five shows a week, uh, probably, I think, through July, like basically through free agency and summer league. Um, so, and then we'll scale it back just a little towards the end of the summer, but five shows a week here for the next couple of months, really three months. So, um, keep it here. I mean, make sure you follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. A big thank you, of course. To everyone that's done that all season long and, and, and made us your first listen every day. It's genuinely appreciated. The show continues to grow. And, and, and um, you know, I also speak for Marty Gellner, uh, who did the postcast with me, the live postcast, uh, Marty from Bally Sports North. She enjoyed doing it this year. We had a great time and, and appreciate all the, the feedback and comments we've gotten. Um, and, you know, we'll hope to run it back next year. So a big thank you on all that. A big thank you again for making this show your first listen. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the new Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.